Well, good morning again. Um, my name is John. My name is John. Uh, I serve as one of the pastors here, um, and I want to welcome you again. I see a lot of new faces. It's so good to um, see you. Welcome to Access. Uh, I see a lot of old faces, uh, not old as in, you know, like old, but just, you know, regulars. So it's good to see you too. And those of you guys tuning in online, uh, Pastor Ted, your family, welcome back from sabbatical. Really hope it was refreshing and fun and all the good stuff that you guys were hoping for. Um, let's take a moment to pray. Let's ask God to, to speak to us this morning. Let's pray. Okay. Gracious God, thank you for being here with us. And thank you for this time of worship, sweet worship, being able to focus on you. Uh, Even as I looked at all those changes that were popping on the screen, I'm just mindful that people, we have gone through a lot. This world has gone through a lot. And God, we need you. So please speak this morning. Help us to have ears to hear, hearts to listen. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, let's see. So I'm going to go to the slides if you could. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, um, I got the chance. Whoa, crazy. All right. <laughs> All right. So a couple of weeks ago, I got the chance to spend some time uh, in the Smoky Mountains with my son, uh, and I would journal. And during that time, um, there were just some things that were really weighing heavy on my heart, some, uh, some areas of some pr- pretty deep discouragement that I was facing, And I kept coming back to the same passage over and over again. Just every day, I just kept coming back to the same passage. And uh, through it, the Spirit of God really ministered to me, really encouraged me, gave me a lot of hope. And so this morning, I'd like to read uh, that same passage that I was reading in my time uh, away. And I want to read it believing that God has something to say to each of us this morning. I want to read it believing that uh, there may be a word of encouragement that God wants you to know. And so I'd like to ask you to actively listen to these words and to receive them as a gift from God because that's what they are. So this comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And Paul writes this, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So then we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen, that's eternal. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Maybe you need to hear that this morning. Maybe you know someone that you care about deeply that needs to hear that this morning. So these verses will be the basis of the series that we're about to start today called Life in the In-Between. Because as much as all of us really want to put this pandemic behind us, we're just not there yet. We're in this really weird uh, and protracted in-between. 
And in between is confusing. In between is tiring. Actually, it's exhausting, isn't it? And it's frustrating. In between comes with transition. It means transition. And transition entails change. And change often comes with loss. And loss can feel overwhelming unless we cling to hope. So over the next few weeks, we'll grapple with life in the between. We'll grapple with things like change, loss, and hope. Today, we want to talk about change. Because life in the in-between means lots and lots of change. Individually and collectively, we've experienced so many changes over the course of this pandemic. Uh, if we can go back to that slide, I didn't expect it to be this small, but uh, what's striking to me, what do you notice as you look at this? What stands out to you? Smack dab in the middle, because that's the word that most was most frequently entered, was the word what? Anxiety. Man, anxiety. So much anxiety as we face different demons and challenges and struggles as a society uh, and personally, right? In, in your families and your relationships. Um, but there's other things too. I, oh, I saw dog. I think a lot, I heard a lot of y'all got dogs, which is a huge change. Uh, I saw someone wrote um, online shopping in, access, in, in excess, right? I mean, we've gone to Amazon's had a heyday, right? During this pandemic. Um, community, worry, loneliness, weight, health, right? So many different changes that you've experienced, that I've experienced, that we have experienced. Change is a really complex thing, isn't it? You know, sometimes we seek change. Sometimes it comes seeking after us. Sometimes change is really exhilarating. It's fun and it's exciting. Other times, change is just downright painful and it can leave lifelong wounds. Sometimes change is like this earthquake and it just, you know, it just shakes up everything and it's really unmistakable. You know it's happening. Other times, change is like a whisper. You could barely hear it. It's barely audible. But one thing is for sure about change. Change is always, always happening around us and in us. And I think it can be really dizzying trying to make sense of all the change that is happening. And that's where these words from 2 Corinthians 4 can offer some much-needed guidance for us. Therefore, we don't lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. So I'd like to highlight some observations, some insights from these verses of this morning. So the first thing I want you to notice is that Paul kind of knows that there are different areas of change. Note how Paul distinguishes the outward from the inward. So in this context, the outward refers to our external world, what is seen. Uh, our physical bodies and the circumstances that we face. You could see this, you could trace this argument as you read the verses that follow. 
Paul talks about the light and momentary troubles, right? Difficult circumstances that he and the church were facing. And then he makes a comparison between that which is seen and that which is unseen. And then a few verses later, he'll talk about how these earthly tents or our bodies uh, are eagerly anticipating their redemption. So that's the outward. In contrast to the inward, the inward refers to the unseen, the invisible, our inner world. The private sphere of our, our emotions, our thoughts, our motivations, our ambitions, our desires, our will. What collectively forms in the scripture what we call the soul, our souls. And while Paul keeps it really simple, he just talks about the outward and inward, we can probably also name additional spheres of life, spheres of change that make up our identities, right? Uh, our relational, uh, religious, social, our financial, our vocational, our ethnic, racial, our sexual, political identities. Uh, these are all different areas, areas of life where we experience change. The second insight from this verse is that, and it builds on the first, is that while there are different areas of change, they aren't all equal. They don't all merit the same level of attention or carry the same degree of importance, right? Some aspects of life just are more important than other aspects of life. Because as Paul notes, some things are temporary. They will fade away. And eventually, no matter how shiny or attractive or beautiful it began, it began with, those things will eventually fade away. But there are some things that are eternal. These are the things that we will take with us into eternity. And so therefore, they're, they're worth fighting for. They're worth treasuring and investing in and preserving. Now, you're probably hearing this, and you're all thinking, this, I mean, this kind of sounds like basic life lessons 101. You know, of course, there are some things in life that are more important than other things. But maybe the challenge isn't so much in the knowing, but in the doing. Uh, how many of us would agree that, you know, having a strong family life is more important than climbing the corporate ladder? And yet, do you know anyone who is climbing the corporate ladder relentlessly at the expense of their family life. Do you know anyone? How many of us would agree that a person's long-term health is more important than winning at all costs? And yet, do you know of any athletes, say like a female Olympic gymnast who's considered the greatest of all time, who has been unfairly blasted because she withdrew from competition to tend to her mental health? Yeah, I went there, and you could disagree with me. That's totally fine. Uh, we could still be friends, all right? Um, but on the surface, I raise these points because it may seem obvious. It seems obvious that some areas of life are more important than others, but it's, I find at least, so oddly easy to forget or to get it confused. And it's much harder still to actually live in alignment with what we believe. So this is why at Access, our threefold mission statement begins with the word soul. We are a church seeking to live life with God in soul, community, and mission. 
because we really don't want to just settle for going through the outward motions of religion. We want our life with God to impact us at a soul level, right? Beneath the surface, beyond what eyes can see, in here. So that out of this deep reservoir of what God is doing in our lives, what God's grace and his presence is doing in our lives, that it will then overflow, right? And then we can become the fragrance of Christ uh, in, in our relationships, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our world. And this is what God desires for each and every one of us. God invites us onto an alternative journey. Broadly speaking, and I know this is a generalization, uh, but broadly speaking, the systems of this world offer us a vision of life that is marked by nicer, bigger, faster, easier. And it often says, get there by any means necessary. The stunning alternative that God invites us to is to pursue a vision of life that is instead marked by the words deeper, truer, freer, more resilient. Not win at all costs, but give even when it costs. This is what spiritual formation is all about. This is what being a disciple of Jesus is all about. Uh, And I can tell you with uh, sincerity and honesty, everything that we do at Access, whether it's from our worship gatherings to our life groups, to our formation groups, to our uh, deliberate partnership with LTI or faith walking, it's with the intention, right? I know we don't do it perfectly, but the intention is to create spaces where people can be formed by God from the inside out, to give attention to our soul, and then from there, our community and God's mission in the world. So there are different areas of change, and some areas matter more, some matter less. And the third point, the third insight from this verse, is that change is about movement in a certain direction. Change is about movement in a certain direction. Paul writes that the outward is changing. It is wasting away. It is moving in the direction of wasting away. The inward is changing too, but in the opposite direction. It is being renewed day by day. And notice how both wasting away and being renewed are ongoing things. It's not just a one-and-done thing. It's, it's an ongoing process. It is a journey. So sometimes I think we speak about change as if it's this binary thing. You've, you've, you've either changed or you've not changed. Um, so like if we want to throw shade on someone, we say, you've changed, man. You've changed, bro. You know? Or we say the opposite. You'll never change. You'll never change, which is totally confusing, right? Is changing good or bad? It's kind of, it's kind of confusing. Um, so even in Christian circles, right, we do this. We, we have people write testimonies about their life before they knew Jesus and their life after Jesus. It's as if there's like this really clear line, before and after. Um, 
But all this can lead to the false impression that change is static. And it's not. Change isn't either or. It's a lot more dynamic than that. So a while back, I learned that um, it's much more helpful to think about the direction of change. Am I moving, right? Am I moving in a positive direction? For us who follow Jesus, that direction is always towards Jesus. He's our center. Am I moving towards greater love, greater generosity, greater truth, greater holiness? Am I moving towards greater justice and wholeness? Am I moving towards those things that Jesus represents and embodies? Or am I moving away from those things? Am I moving away from those things? So it's not really a question of uh, am I loving or am I unloving, right? Either or. That's too binary. It's too static. A better question is am I becoming, am I becoming a more loving person than I was a day, the day ago? Am I becoming a more uh, joyful, you know, uh, grateful person than I was a year ago? Am I moving in the right direction? Um, and I really like this because if you have the mindset that you've either changed or you're not changed, that you're either like a good father or a bad father, that you're either faithful or unfaithful, that you're either a good Christian or not a good Christian, you know, all it takes is one mess up to put you in the bad category. And then you might as well just give up altogether, right? But if instead we focus on making incremental changes in the right direction, then we can celebrate the little wins, win by win. And when we fail, and when we make missteps, we take them in stride. And then over time, those little wins, they stack, right? And they become big wins that we celebrate that, that, that provide a testimony to the way God is at work in our lives. When you focus on the direction of change, you begin to realize that change is always only one step away. That's cool, isn't it? It's only one step away. You could be stepping in this direction and then change your mind and say, I'm going to step in this direction. And now you've begun to change because you're moving in a different direction towards Jesus, towards his will, and towards his kingdom. Um, if you've ever taken a long road trip with uh, kids in the back seat and you're the driver, what's like that one question that could really get on your nerves? Are we there yet? That's right. Are we there yet? So last year, my family, we took a 10-hour drive to Florida from Houston. And I kid you not, after about like 35 to 45 minutes, the twins asked the dreaded question. And I'm like, oh, geez, this is going to be a really, really long and hard drive. Because are we there yet is a really self-defeating question. Because there's only two answers to that question. It's either yes or no. And 99% of the time, the answer is no until you actually arrive, right? There's no, there's no sense of progress. And so are we there, there yet ignores the fact that, man, we've been driving for five hours. We've made progress. We're moving in the right direction. Eugene Peterson was so right to describe the Christian life as a long obedience in the same direction. 
made up of many small, incremental, day-by-day decisions to pursue the change that God has invited us to. That is how we change over a lifetime of following Jesus. And so this verse challenges us to ask two important questions of ourselves. Am I changing in the ways that matter most? Am I changing in the ways that really matter? And are those changes moving me in the right direction? Those could be tough questions to answer sitting right here right now. And so I'd like to give you a challenge. Between now and the end of this month, before the fall uh, kind of officially hits us with what is already starting to feel like another tidal wave of change and uncertainty and question marks, I'd like everyone to spend some time just getting away, whether it be 30 minutes or an hour, to do some reflection. And in particular, to use a resource that we've created for our community. Uh, It's a resource called A Guide for Your Life with God. Uh, It's something that we've introduced at our mission partner class, but it's really applicable to anyone who's seeking change, who's seeking to follow Jesus. It's a simple guide meant to encourage you to do some reflection about what direction your life is heading and what might be some simple practices, some concrete habits you might take on that can support change in your life in the right direction. It's also meant as a way to begin the process of developing your own personalized rule of life. Some of you are familiar with that phrase. Other of you, you hear that word rule and you're like, oh, that sounds that doesn't sound nice or fun. That's why we called it a guide for your life with God. But really, it's, a, <laughs> it's meant to help you think about a rule of life. So every time I've introduced this concept to a group of people, there are, um, there are always people who are like, eh, rules, eh, not so much my cup of tea. So I want to address you, but there's this quote that I'm going to read from our guide that says this. Some of us might ris- resist the idea of a rule as restricting our lives. But the intent is to create a guide that shapes our lives and allows us to thrive. This use of the word rule is from the Latin regula, not from lex, which means law. A regula serves as a guidepost or a railing, something to hang on to in the dark that leads us to where we are going. I love that image. Something to hang on to in the dark that keeps us moving in the right direction. Friends, we are surrounded by a lot of darkness, and I think we need some just really practical ways of saying, hey, this is where, this is what I believe, this is what is important to me, and this is the direction I want to head, and this is how I'm going to do that. That's what this guide is for. Um, Doing this might take you 30 to 60 minutes, uh, and it's just for you. You're not going to have to turn it in. It's just for you and God. Uh, but I, I, I do promise you uh, that this small investment of time is a big step, right? It's a big step in the right direction. Friends, like so many of you, 
I wish to God that this pandemic was already over. And like many of you, I'm really tired of never knowing what's really going to happen like a week from now or a month from now. Uh, it's been hard needing to constantly adapt to all the changes. But I also know this, that while all these changes are happening around us, I am constantly changing too. And so are you. That's just built into our existence. And I want to make sure I'm changing in the areas that matter most and that the ways that I'm changing are for the better. So on the first of every month, we take communion together as a faith village. And this, uh, this table here, it reminds us that the gospel has changed everything. It has changed everything. We were created in the image of God. But in our rebellion, we became captive. We became bound to sin and death. Incapable of changing ourselves in the way we need to be changed. So God, in his love and his mercy, sent Jesus to us. Jesus, who was perfectly the Son of God and the Son of Man. And through his blood and through his body, through his death on the cross, he gave to us the opportunity to start a new journey. When we trust in him, Jesus says that he takes what is old and he makes it become new. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed, the new has come. And then the rest of our lives, Jesus is at work in our lives, changing us, renewing us little by little, day by day. And sometimes, sometimes it's not obvious at all. Sometimes we don't see it. But this is what this verse promises, and this is what this table promises to us. And so this morning, at Access, we, pra we practice an open communion table, which means you don't have to be baptized to take communion. And so if you're here this morning, and you want to say yes to Jesus, you want to say yes to following Jesus and allowing him to begin the change process in your life, take communion with us as your first, first step of faith, as your way of saying yes to Jesus. And maybe you're here this morning, and if you're honest with yourself, you'll know that you haven't been walking in the direction towards Jesus. You've actually been pulling away or walking in the other direction. And maybe you've been a Christian for years. Maybe today, God is nudging you to just turn around, just to take one step in the right direction. And perhaps as you take communion this morning, that could be your, your sign of kind of stepping back towards Jesus in his direction. So let's read these words from 1 Corinthians 11 together and prepare our hearts to take communion together. Let's read this together. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. 
For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. So let's take the next few moments to examine ourselves. And when you're ready, when you're ready, listen to the Spirit's prompting and come take communion. You can come to the table um, to pick up a communion wafer and juice and then return to your seat um, where you will take communion. Uh, We ask that you please leave your mask on until you're ready to take communion back at your seats. Um, And for those of you watching at home, feel free to partake in the elements whenever you're ready as well. So let's take the next few moments to pray, to examine ourselves, to examine the direction that we're heading. changes
Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even when the changes that we face aren't what we expected, what we wanted, or what we have chosen ourselves. We don't lose heart, even when the changes are tough and extremely uncomfortable or even painful. We don't lose heart, even when the changes are subtle and we can't see it. It's not happening in the way that we wanted. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and say our sending prayer together. Loving God, through all our years, let the church be a community where we learn about love and practice it where we envision peace and work to build it, where we meet partners in faith who wish to abandon everything that cheapens our discipleship, where we discover gifts and offer them. May your spirit guide us towards joy and generosity in Jesus' name, in the way of Jesus. Amen. Friends, thanks so much for being here today. Um, if you're new, we'd love to talk with you, chat with you at the meet and greet at the tables outside. Otherwise, feel free to, you know, kind of greet one another. I know it's been a long time since we've seen each other, uh, but blessings on this day.